I'm your host, Matt Monero, coming to you every week from my studio in Dallas, Texas with the You Need More Money podcast. It's my pleasure to bring you this. I love doing this. Something is beginning to happen with me. I become very free when I do this podcast. I knew it was going to happen. That's why I built the studio the way I did. I wanted to be very comfortable in my studio so that I could calm down, so I could mellow out. And some of the episodes I know are a little intense, but today I feel mellow. I feel like I can just talk like we're having a nice conversation here. And we're going to get started right now. I believe there are riches and niches. I believe that jack of all trades and a master of none is true. I believe that the top 1% of any industry is a great place to be. I believe that amateurs get crushed and experts get paid. But the odds are you don't agree with me. That's why your money situation is suffering. I'll bring it back into my business for a second. In the early days of commercial fleet financing, when I was starting in my bed, my one-bedroom apartment with a phone and a folding table and a yellow pages, I had no clue as to what I was good at or what I should be working on. None. And so in the equipment financing industry, I built no specific name for ourselves. Obviously, we built a company called Commercial Fleet Finance, and we financed commercial fleets of vehicles. But when you're trying to get going, I would finance anything. I would finance forklifts and, and restaurant trailers and refrigeration units for, for hotels or furniture for a hotel lobby, anything I could get my hands on. And it wasn't working very well. And it didn't work for a long time very well until I began to look for a problem in my industry that I could solve. I began to stick to my knitting. I began to be an expert in my niche. And the big problem that I saw developing was that the large publicly traded banks that I was competing against did not like to finance used transportation equipment. They wanted to do the new big rig or the new dump truck or the new tow truck. But once it got to about four years old, they didn't like to do that stuff. And when I began to see that problem and analyze it to try and solve that problem, I began to realize, man, that's good runway for me. Because all that BS that they would tell me, which is, oh, well, if you, if you have to move down into used equipment, you're, you're losing the credit quality of the deals you're financing. I would say, that's not true. I got a lot of great customers who bought used equipment. So then I started going to my used, my customers who bought used equipment. I said, why do you buy used equipment? And they're like, why would I pay 150000 for a new tow truck when I can buy a good, clean, used tow truck for 75000 bucks? My customers don't care whether, whether I pull up in a new truck or a used truck. I can buy a $75,000 truck and make just as much money as a $150,000 truck, not impact my customer base at all, and have a lower debt service against it. I said, bingo. Sounds like music to my ears. And guess what? We immediately started to do good credit customers buying used equipment. And to this day, it's exactly what we still do. Four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old pieces of equipment, if your credit stands up, I want to do the financing for that transportation piece of equipment, period. And guess what? The big banks still don't do it well. So that's runway for us. So how do you find your niche? How do you go about figuring out what niche should I work in? The rule number one is you got to follow the money. And the money exists in so many industries today. 
banking, technology, medical, security, transportation, logistics, insurance. I mean, it's it runs rampant how big these companies have gotten. But yet you might still be making sandwiches thinking that you're going to take over the world or you're trying to open up a coffee shop and compete against Starbucks. And I don't think that's the right play. I think you got to find the money. Where is the big money? Now, my Starbucks example is probably not that great because there's a lot of money in Starbucks and coffee. But most people are in lousy businesses. You're just not in a business that has a tremendous opportunity to scale. So when you're looking for your niche, you got to follow the money. Who's in it? Who's making big money? Who's got tons of capital being allocated to that industry? And then what problem can you solve through your expertise to dominate that niche? You got to ask yourself too, how big is the industry? I mean, does it really have scale? And then you got to search for the problem. And then you got to search inside to ask yourself, am I an expert enough to be able to literally solve that problem? Do I really know the industry well enough or do I need to continue to work in the industry and learn or am I really ready to go out on my own or am I really ready to leave the company I'm at to go maybe to a smaller company and get this growth opportunity or maybe go to a huge company to take over a lousy, dumpy division that you can turn into a superstar? So how do you know whether you're an, it, uh, an expert in the niche? Dude, you got to take stock in yourself, man. You got to be honest with yourself. Are you earning as much as some of the top dogs? If not, why? Why is someone in your office making more money than you? Why is someone in your industry making more money than you? What are they doing that you are not doing? You've got to be honest with yourself and ask that question. What do the greats do is another great question. I mean, why are you so damn good? What are the habits? What are the characteristics of you and your success and the top people in your, in your organization? Why are they so much better than me? Those are fair questions that you should be asking yourself. Another tip on becoming an expert, man, you better read a lot. You better be reading books. You better be reading articles. You better subscribe to RSS feeds, the industry trade mags, so you can really be on the front line of what's going on in the industry that you want to be an expert in and dominate. And the second, the last thing you got to do to become an expert is you got to do a lot more than you think, man. You're not working hard enough. You are not working hard enough. I know it. There's more than you can do. I'll give you an example. Early days of commercial fleet, I always go back to my personal examples. I don't want to make stuff up. I want to tell you the way I did it. I had an old beat-up Suburban. And if you've read my book, The Grit, you can get a copy of it on Amazon, Amazon Amazon.com. Search for The Grit. Matt Monero, it's 20 bucks. It's the best 20 bucks you'll ever spend. I had an old Suburban. And it had these big panel doors in the back of it. And you would open up the panel doors and, you know, you could load whatever you wanted it to in the back. And I had a sign made. When you open up the panel doors, I had two wood sticks that slid inside the door jams, inside the hinges. And across, when I had it in one hinge and the other hinge, across it said truck financing here and it had two arrows pointing down. And I would drive to truck stops early morning, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, Saturday morning, Sunday mornings, and I would park my Suburban in a parking lot. I would open up the panel doors. I would slide the sign in between the two hinges and it would say truck financing here and the arrows pointed down to my ass sitting in the back of that Suburban. 
And invariably, truckers would come up to me and say, what's going on? What do you got? And I would talk about financing with them. And they would tell me about trucks. And they would tell me about uh, popular lanes, what spot rates were hot, what's going on with fuel prices, what problems were they having, what's going on in the industry. I would learn it boots on the ground because I was willing to do anything to become an expert in my business. Even anything, like take my old dumpy Suburban to a truck stop on a Saturday morning at 6 a.m., put up this crazy sign and sit my ass down until I could talk to truckers. Man, you can do more. Then you got to market your expertise. When you stick to your knitting, you have to market yourself as an expert in the space. Here's how I would suggest you do it. Number one, create some damn content. Here's the biggest secret for building your own personal brand that nobody knows about. First thing I do is type your name into Google and what pulls up. Type your name into Google right now and see what pulls up. Most of you might have your LinkedIn uh, account that pops up number one and nothing below that. Here's how you fix it. Go to Google Plus and start pumping content. Pump the content like a blog that you did. Write an article. Put a picture of yourself up there and tag yourself in it. Google Plus was supposed to be what Facebook is to Google, and it never worked. But guess what the Google search engine bots do? They look at Google Plus. I can post something on Google Plus right now, and in 30 minutes, it will show up on Google Plus when they type in Matt Monero into Google. You need to do the, the same thing. It's the fastest way to build a personal brand when someone types in your name onto Google. The second thing you got to do is you got to speak, you got to join groups. You have to join Facebook groups. Bonnie and Clyde, when asked, why did you rob the bank, said, because that's where the money is. You have to go where the money is. And the money are in Facebook groups. For example, for us in truck financing, we love to finance Peterbilt big rigs. There's a Peterbilt Lovers of America group. We're posting in it all the time. Post in groups of people who love what you're an expert in, in the niche that you're an expert. Number three, you have to speak. You must get on stage. And you might be terrified of it, but you should be because you're an expert, right? You've built the credibility and knowledge base that you could talk about your niche and your expertise in front of anyone, right? So the thing you're afraid of is, am I going to make a mistake? Well, you're not going to make a mistake if you're an expert, I'm an expert in equipment financing. I'm an expert in company culture. I'm an expert in building a business. I could speak to any organization, big or small, right now. Give me the mic. I'll jump on stage and talk about it. You need to have that confidence in your expertise because if you don't, you're not an expert. You think it's about public speaking and how do I tell a story and what am I going to dress like? None of that matters. If you're of true expertise, the audience wants to leverage your expertise. So be an expert. Get on stage. Number four, you got to do what my buddy Hank Norman talks about. You got to hit record. You got to take that phone out and you got to hit record and record a one or two minute video on what you're an expert on. And then you got to upload that bad boy to YouTube. By the way, you can upload that to LinkedIn. You can upload that to your Facebook account. You can upload that to Twitter or Instagram or Snap it, or you can upload it to Google Plus. And now you got a video. So when someone types in your name into Google and maybe you only show up in the first three, four, five searches and they click videos, you show up in videos too. Number five thing you got to do when you're an expert in your niche is you got to scale it. Dude, you got to go bigger, man. You've got to toot the horn and promote yourself as an expert. I cannot 
tell you the importance of scale. I was too small for too long. The greatest decision I've ever made in my life and in my business was to scale it. It changed everything for me. There is no glory in being small. You've got to scale your business. Now, this last piece of today's podcast on sticking to your knitting and being an expert in a niche that you've decided makes sense for you to be in is a little bit for the advanced learner. Because once you get that locked down, it's time for you to begin to cross-sell other product offerings that benefit your primary business. Perfect example. Here's the history of the CFF vertical marketing and the product offerings that we do. We started in finance, generalist, went specifically to transportation equipment, went specifically for used transportation equipment for good credit customers. A few years down the road, we got our dealer's license. So now we can buy and sell equipment. That means that if a private party wants to buy a piece of equipment, Mr. Jones down the street is selling a piece of equipment and you want to buy it, I can do the financing because I bring my dealership in. We take possession of the title from Mr. Jones. We reassign it to you. We become the dealer of record and we've controlled the entire sale. Otherwise, you've got to be very careful, right? You're not going to pay Mr. Jones if Mr. Jones still has the truck and the title. I got to get one of it. But now that I'm the dealership, Mr. Jones sends me the dealer because in most states and certainly in the state of Texas, the dealership is licensed and bonded and we are held accountable to do the title work and the lien perfection and the registration properly. So Mr. Jones is comfortable giving a dealer the title, but he may not be comfortable giving a finance company or an individual. After that, we moved into the auction business where we started auctioning off equipment, buying and selling equipment under our dealer's license at the auction and doing financing. Then we got into the credit repair business where, you know, we pull thousands and thousands of credit applications and anything under really a 650 credit score in my office is a turn down. So we were turning down thousands of applications a year. I said, let's get into the credit repair business. So in 2003, we started a credit repair business. Had to get licensed and bonded in the state of Texas, which we did. And we started to help consult customers who we turned down on how they could fix their credit and get their credit up to snuff to come back to us to do their financing. We're still in that business today, all these years later. In 2018, we've got new stuff that we're launching. We're going to get into the insurance business. We're going to start insuring the vehicles that we finance. We're going to get into the accounts receivable factoring business. So for customers that are a little tight on cash flow, we're going to start factoring their invoices. We're going to start offering extended warranties on the vehicles that we finance. And we're also going to uh, start a roadside assistance program. So if they're broken down on the side of the road, they can already have that repair bill or tow bill built into their financing. That's a little bit advanced. You've got to get great at something first. But once you get great at it, it's time for you to exploit it. All in the vertical. How many other product offerings can you put into that vertical to generate more revenue and help your customer base? That's the advanced learning of that thing. Now, remember, experts get paid, amateurs get crushed. I want you to stick to your knitting, get very laser focused on what you're an expert in, what the problem in the market is that you solve, become an expert, focus on the niche, and then go very narrow first. Do not go wide. But once you start to become an expert and you get known and you start to speak and your business starts to scale, it's time for you to broaden, go wider. Start to do more, find more relationships, referral partners that you can make a referral fee off of and start to offer more value-added services to your customers. 
That's today's podcast on sticking to your knitting. Don't be a generalist. Amateurs get crushed. Experts get paid. I'll see you down the road. That's our episode this week with your host, Matt Monero. Check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. Central as we discuss money, your life, and how you need more money.